biscuits and gravy. Hello, boys. What does LP stand for? Lizard people! Nazi whale margarine pirates! So far, I've had seven McRibs. Palabak! Pol Pot Pie. I'm the prognosticator of prognosticators! Like a slaughterhouse sangria? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning and aloha! Island of Maui. How you guys doing out there? My name's Vince Fody, and this is the Vince Fody Show. You guys having a good time? So good to be here. My host, my co-host, Chuck Thompson, who's usually here, is not here. So it's just me. Zoom in on me. This is the moneymaker right here, guys. Good to see you. So Chuck is on his way, but in the meantime, I'm going to filibuster, and I'm just going to vamp for a little while. We should mention that if you are watching us at home live or listening to us live on the 8s and 5s. That's 88.5 KKU or Channel 55. You can watch us right on live TV. Just want you to know that you can check out all of our back episodes if you go to BiscuitWars.com. That's a, a website where you can listen to all of our back episodes for free. Or if you have Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, any of those things. Stitcher. I don't know if Stitcher still exists, but if you have that then uh, you can check out Biscuits and Gravy 808. Yeah, Biscuits and Gravy 808 is where you can listen to all of our past episodes. And also, check us out on Patreon, Biscuits and Gravy 808. And we only have one tier. It's called the Biscuit Tier. So give it's only a dollar. So give us a dollar or whatever. You know, it's great radio stations like this one that allow us to do what we do and it allows me and Chuck to say a lot of nonsense and be put on the air and be broadcast on the airwaves. So, you know, even though we're doing all the work and everything, don't forget that KAKU, you can also support those guys as well. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, look who's here. It's Chuck. Good. Don't forget to say good, good morning, morning Aloha, Biscuiteers. Uh, also, one of our sponsors is Venture Physical Therapy. So we want to sh- give a shout out to friend of the show, Ted Anderson. He runs Venture Physical Therapy. He's a big supporter of the show. Uh, and don't forget that if you're a fan of the comedy scene, then you're probably very familiar with Chuck and I. We're big big players on the comedy scene. Uh, you can catch us at Vibe Open Mic. That's every Tuesday. Tickle Me Tuesdays down at the Triangle. I think that's what, 7.38 o'clock, yeah! something like that. It starts out. Um, Hour and past sunset. And I, you know what I like about Vibe Open Mic is that it's in it's no an pressure. intimate setting. Yeah, it's very skintimate. <laughs> yeah, because it's not a huge uh, venue. Uh, I think it's one of those perfect places for an, for an open mic, especially like one that tends to be sparsely attended sometimes. Because <laughs> it's a small... You Makes c- it feel very welcome. It does make you feel welcome. It's not intimidating. So if it's like your first time doing comedy comedy you know it's not a it's not a big room i remember back in the days when we were doing comedy at threes <laughs> there'd be 60 something people there yeah and you're trying to work on new unfleshed out and maybe not funny material and 40 of them are not there to see comedy oh yeah 40 of them for... are there to eat sushi with their children yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're getting up and making jokes about pps and wee-wees mm-hmm and uh, they they and, weren't and always blow hose and dorsal fence, and they weren't always 
<laughs> it always comes back to Wales with you, Chuck, doesn't it? <laughs> I got news for you, baby. But the Vibe Open Mic, it's a very intimate setting. Um, you know, the people that are there are at the Triangle in a dive bar on a Tuesday night. So, you know, they're disgusting people. They're good. They're down for a good time. Yeah, they're, they're not, down for our style. They're not there. Nobody's comedy. bringing their children to Vibe on a Tuesday night. Right? I mean, if they are, we got to call the FBI. Because <laughs> if, they, if they are. There may be some trafficking going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they are, their kids are doing coke in the bathroom. Yeah. And nobody wants that. No, you got to wait until you're old enough. Yeah, coke is a coke is a drug for adults. Yeah, yeah, it's like when you're when you're a teenager or whatever, you start smoking pot. You you that's like your gateway drug. You know I'd say I mean? from like twenty twenty one twenty two until like thirty is like the fun time to do it, and then you should probably slow down as you get older. You talking about doing coke? Yes. Tra- yeah. no, I'm talking about trafficking children. Trafficking children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the Wayfair years. The t- in the 20s. The Wayfair. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but the ironic thing is that it gives you energy. And then when you get older, you need that energy. It gives yeah. you post-nasal drip. <laughs> it gives you post-nasal drip, and then uh, it gives you allergies, because now your your sinuses are clogged with uh, baby laxative. Yeah, and it's so weird, because I have little baby poops. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, there's another open mic. If you are not the, the if you're not some sort of, like, Kihei person. Then if you're not <laughs> triangle, some, you just want to go say it. Triangle trash. Triangle trawler. At Vibe called Ewok. Okay. And it's not named after Star Wars. Uh, Ewok, if you're not familiar, if you don't live on Maui or whatever, Ewok is an acronym that stands for Easy Women of Kihei. Or, you know what, I'm sure there's plenty of towns that start with K in in the state of Hawaii, so I'm sure it probably has spread. Like, if you live in Kailua, they're probably like... Easy Wahine of Kailua. (laughs) I guess it could be Wahine as well. Yeah. Uh, but don't forget that we also do the don't forget the baby. open Never mic forget. at the Empanada Lady. No, we don't. We do it at Y Bar. It's at Y Bar now. Yeah, Empanada Lady's uh, transitioning into an Empanada woman. No, mas. And she's at, she's no ma no ma. Or she's transitioning into an Empanada man. Yeah. <laughs> empanada man. Empanada reassignment surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Y Bar. Empanada. <laughs> I, I, we did we did a show at Above the Wave. Yeah. Which, if you haven't heard about Above the Wave, you're not alone because it's not, it, <laughs> it didn't exist until about a week ago. Mm-hmm. We were at the Above the Wave show and somebody had a hat on that said Y Bar. Yeah. That's a, that's a local. That was friend of the show, Josh. Yeah. I think Josh, who's uh, one of our comedians. New guy to the scene. Uh, it's uh, frequent open micer. When new guys local guy. have a lot of friends. <laughs> it's also. It's. It, <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, how am I not getting booked on shows? Do you have 40 family members? Do you have 40 family it? members that live on Maui? It's like, yeah, no. We'll come and support That's you. why I live on Maui, to yeah. get away from my family. Yeah. I like they're always asking like me and you to bring our friends to comedy shows. And I'm like, all right, but you're my friend. You're, that's like, it. <laughs> but Y-Bar, they're doing the open mic at Y-Bar. Yeah. It's an, so give me it's the an deets. eclectic open mic. Give me the deets. So it's not just open mic comedy, which at first I get upset when open mics are not just open mic comedy. But then I realize musicians and dancers and poets, that's a good time to get drinks and talk to your friends. Yeah. Yeah. If it's only just droning people talking about how their brother is born at the same time as them and people have sexual fantasies, people get bored and you want to, you don't want to talk over comedians, but we do talk. We want to get drunk and talk. Yeah. You want to listen to your friends and support uh, the comedians, especially like for you and me, 
I've heard all your stats, like Rhonda. A million I, times. I've, I've heard all the old school comedians. I've heard all their material. Like, we could do each other's material. But there's also like newer comedians who have newer material that I haven't heard. And sometimes it's like, oh, it's actually good material. But also a lot of times it's like, hey, can you listen to my set and give me pointers as to what the punchline for this joke should be? Yeah. Or like you've heard them tell it before and it worked and they tried to redo it and it didn't work. Yeah. And that's the community of open <laughs> micers. Or it's like, and that doesn't exist everywhere. That's, that's like your joke about uh, the, your mattress having memory. Yeah. And that joke has to be worded very specifically. Or else it doesn't work at all. And for a long time, you would not nail it. I'm like, no, you have to say it exactly with these wording. And then... The last thing my mattress needs is a memory. Yeah. My sex life is so bad. The last thing my mattress needs is a memory. Yeah. But then you you brought that joke back. You resurrected that joke. Yeah, dog. At the show last Friday. I nailed it. And it, it was very funny. That, yeah. that joke always lands. You have the You have the three things. It's like... My sex life is so bad, my wife puts a pillow under my, my butt. butt. And then my wife wants me to rock her like a hurricane, but I'm more like a tropical, tropical depression. depression. That's yeah. a, that's like a one, two, three, like triple punch right my there. My favorite thing about that joke is I dance around the stage for each one. So like I do like a <laughs> shimmy to like the one, and I do a shimmy to the two, and then I like back it up and twerk it to the three. <laughs> so you've got choreography for your joke. I do. I don't have a lot of choreography for my jokes. Sometimes my jokes land better. Sometimes because some of my material is on the drier side. It is. You're the talcum powder of comedians. And so sometimes my jokes land you better if I play it down. Sometimes. Like, I think your jokes are better if you stomp your feet. If I stomp my, my feet and clap my, my hands. That's my advice to you. I was like, <laughs> can you stomp your feet more? You know what you joke? should do? You should stomp your feet when you tell jokes. <laughs> I'll do it, dude. I'm telling you. Do it. It's like... um. That Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Michael J. Fox is clomping around. <laughs> He's like, are you clomping on purpose? He's like, no, it's the Parkinson's. <laughs> but uh, why don't you tell us about Above the Wave? So Above Maui's the newest Wave venue. is Maui's newest venue. And I think it used it's to the be most secret Maui venue. in stock cabinets. I don't think that was it. It's like right in the same area. It's so right it, near Maui and Stock Cabinets. It has a very 1990s, um, I live in New York and I make 40 grand a year, but somehow I afford this huge apartment feel to it. Like because, every sitcom in yeah, the 90s? Yeah, because it's uh, multi-leveled. Right, I thought we were going to do it. There's two different upstairses. I was like, ooh, what if we could do it? Like, <laughs> it's just like my marketing. Yeah, but during the day... It is for people who want to work from home but not work from home. It's like an office away from home. Or let's say you're doing business meetings in Maui and you don't want to rent out to heinously expensive hotels for small conference rooms. You yeah, can do like that's a, a popular thing on the mainland. It's like a, a rent out yeah. office, rent out office space, like temporary. So it's called like a work play space because during the day it's work. And, and during at night, the night we play. play. We work hard and so then we play hard. The, what really intrigued me about this venue is that they have a bunch of churches there, and they also do drag shows. They have churches there? Yes. Not one, not two, but three separate churches rent that space out. All right. Can I just say this? If you are a church, <laughs> and you don't have, like, a church... A church <laughs> Hold on! I, you know what? I think maybe... That makes it more of a church. I, don't, I think, like, no, there's no, like, punk rock churches. 
<laughs> I feel. I don't know. Jesus got I, pierced. I feel like your religion is BS. Like first of all, religion. You is, think all religion is BS? Mr. First Cody. of all, religion is already BS, right? No, the Lord is divine, and He speaks through people, and they just happen to have but wildly like, I, different things. to I say. I think like the. I think the reason why a lot of people take the bait of religion is because <laughs> is because it's like you it. see this giant church it's like 200 years old it's got stained glass and the the guy's talking about stained glass or stained stained glass oh, okay and i was the, imagining sting you know and then this guy Walking on the moon and, and then like there's this guy and he's reading from a book that's like thousands of years old it feel it it tricks you into feeling like there's some sort of legitimacy there because this is something old it's traditional mm-hmm. um clearly there's there's something behind it because you're in this big stone like ancient <laughs> building they're burning like incense. The, like the Sagrada Familia. When we yeah. were in Barcelona, like that place was amazing and it's awe inspiring and you can't help but feel uh like there's like there's some sort of presence there when you see something that awe inspiring. I mean it's But like mad. if I if I went if you're going to listen to some guy talk about the Bible and it's some pastor and, and it's he's, in like he's, a run he's down Sears. It's in like a it's like a rented out workspace that you're in a cult. Okay. <laughs> that guy is a cult. Also, you know how he's having sex with your twelve-year-old daughter? That's a cult. You should, <laughs> you should not be doing that. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. But the drag shows are those. Is that a cult too? My, what my if I wife, did Church of Biscuits. My wife grew up Catholic, and she's like, you know um, when you're, you no, know when you're Catholic, no, and you, no, you go she to didn't. when you go to church in this guy's basement it's in your that he started basement, and it's like, like, no, like no, that's you were in a cult. <laughs> Trust me, I know a lot about cults. I was in Spain with her wife. You were there too. And you and my wife were essentially casting vicious mockery on us. And I'm trying to relate to <laughs> Did you your just make wife. a Dungeons and Dragons reference? Yes. I'm trying to relate to your wife because I grew up Catholic. So I'm like, oh, we're going to all these big old churches and stuff. And then much to my dismay did I find out that I think your wife may have had a very challenging upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, also talking about our family, we yeah. should mention that I want to give a shout out to my sister and my brother-in-law, Kate and Mike. They had a baby. That's good. Does that mean we're going to get three Biscuitier followers? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, they are all my my sister and my brother-in-law are already followers. Yes, they're already Biscuitiers. So shout now, out, so now we're getting one extra. Bis- uh, there's one extra little baby Biscuitier. Samuel James is uh, my new nephew. Do you have nephews? Yeah, I do. Graham. Graham? Mm-hmm. So you have one nephew? Yep. Okay. Graham. And he's uh, very white. Is that how much he weighs? <laughs> and he's from Connecticut. <laughs> so you could call him a graham cracker, probably. Uh, okay, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, but that's is that how much he weighed when he came out? It's just a graham. <laughs> um, is it graham with an H or no H? Is it spelled like the cracker? I think there's an H. Because graham cracker is like G-R-A-H-A-H-M. I think there's a ham. I'm pretty there's sure there's a ham in it. Graham? Because then there's other people that are just G R A M also like in, like their my my son was named after Instagram. <laughs> um, I don't know. My mom spells it differently. So who okay, knows? the verdict's <laughs> out on that one. Nobody knows He's only how to. I don't know how to spell names. Okay, well I know how to spell Samuel, so that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited, and you know what? That takes a lot of pressure off me because now my grandparent or now my parents have a grandkid. Yeah, and now I don't have to worry about providing them with a grandkid. 
Yeah, never so, again. So I'm very happy about mm-hmm. that. And I get to be an uncle. Because, like, if you live in Hawaii, the joke is, like, everybody's an uncle because everybody calls, like, if you, you call older people auntie and uncle. Yes. So a weird transition for so me. So at work, everybody child. everybody already calls me Uncle Vinny yeah. at work. And I'm like, now I'm officially Uncle Vinny because I have, like, a, like a nephew. I've been waiting so to cool. be Uncle Chuck my whole life. Uncle I Chuck. can't wait until I just use, like, snow shovels to flip pancakes. My uncles used to be like, don't call me Uncle John. Just call me John. And I'm like, no. First of all, that feels weird because I've been calling you my un- like uncle my entire life. But also, like, that's... I have friends named John. I need to be able to distinguish between John and Uncle John. <laughs> and also, you should want that sign of respect. It's a, it's a term of endearment also. I had some friends growing up, and their moms didn't want even their own kids to call them mom. So they would say, like, Margaret. Like, they would call their mom Margaret. That's weird. I don't get that. Like, like calling your parents by their names. That's Their logic was that if they were in a big crowd of people and they said, Mom, Mom, everyone would turn. We would say Margaret. And I'm like... Wouldn't you know what your kids sound like? There's like a Science. there's a scientific fact out there that like a newborn baby can recognize its its parents' voice in like a crowd. If you're in a crowd and you somehow lose your eight year old or something, you're trying to first of all you're trying to lose your kid. You don't recognize their voice. Sounds like you're planning for this. <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to ditch your kid. I didn't hear anyone call out mom. Margaret could be anybody. But I'm very excited. My my sister and her and her husband, they're like millennials too. So they're millennials who own a house and had a kid. Can you believe what it? Are the chances. I know. And they they survived no matter how hard the Republican Party worked against them. <laughs> I know. They uh, they overcame all the odds that millennials are facing. Big week in conspiracies, by the way. Like we gotta jump in that later. Do you think Zoomers are gonna have kids? I hope not. Honestly, I just hope the robots take over. Well, I kind of hope that the robots take over. Robots, if you're listening, I'm ready. Are you a... uh, You know how people give themselves up to the Lord? Yeah. I want to give myself up to robots. Yeah. Like, could they just do everything? I don't even care. Well, we've talked about this many times on the show. I just, instead of, like, having, like, a high unemployment rate, I want unemployment to be at 100%. I want robots to do all of our work, all of our farming. We're almost at that point where robots should be like... They got laser beams to kill weeds, bro. And they have Jewish lasers that can start forest fires. I mean, everyone knows that. <laughs> like, think about it. Imagine the ancient Greeks. They got frozen and they they saw the future. And they're like, we're like, welcome to the future where we have robots that can do all of our stuff. And we have the ability to just, we could all just sit back and they're like, so what do you do? It's like, no, we still work and uh, we're, we're still poor and starving. Uh-huh. And, and they're like, what, what are you doing? Can't we just be making art and rubbing olive oil on ourselves? That's what, that's what I want to bring back doing. when the robots come back. I want bathhouses. Yes. I don't want you tapping on my feet beneath the stall, just putting it out there now. Yeah. But I'll get a little, you know, uh, I'm getting a little more comfortable in my age. That's why I want to join. bathhouses. People are telling me at work that they're, like, joining a gym, and and they're like, you know, the gym has, like, a sauna. And I'm like, ooh, you know what? I'll join a sauna. Yeah, I don't want to join a gym, but I do want to go to the sauna. No. Can I just get, like, a sauna pass? Yeah. What if they they should. Steam pass. They should do that where it's, like, instead of. Joining a gym and then using the pool and the sauna, they should have just the sauna. And they the should, pool. yeah, they, they should have like like a sauna pass. It's like Hulu with ads. It's not mm-hmm. the full deal, but it's 
I can't wait until that where you actually have to watch ads before you go on a treadmill. That'll be great. <laughs> okay. Like I don't have to pay for a gym membership. <laughs> okay, so mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for the gym membership, but you do have to watch an ad at, while you're on the treadmill. You have to watch ads at all times. I used to work at a YMCA, and it was in a very heavily Jewish neighborhood. There's a big Jewish private school. Yeah, and so they they'd rent it out on the weekends, and I would get to paid to like watch them or whatever. And no one would ever go swimming or do anything else. They all would go on the treadmills because the treadmills are connected to TV, and they weren't allowed to watch TV. So it was like a roundabout way for all these like school kids to watch TV. They would just go on the treadmill. And like how abusive is that? Imagine if like <laughs> the only way you had to watch TV is like by running. <clears throat> like that's like the the what makes TV fun is the potato couch part of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the couch potato, the potato couch. I can't focus on running and enjoying quality television programming at the same time. It's like in the league. That's what podcasts are for. So that, <laughs> yeah. like if you Sweet if you're if you're gravy. out there running on a treadmill and listening to biscuits and gravy right now, you're doing it right. Don't save <laughs> just every time we talk about food, they're clamping their nits. Save season 1 of the wire for when you can sit at home and enjoy Smoke it. a bong. Smoke a bong. Enjoy it Maybe the way it's supposed to be. Open up enjoyed. a bottle of wine because you're going to cook with it later, but you don't cook with it. You just get drank. Um, let's talk about uh, the writers' strike. The writers and the actors are currently on strike right now. Yeah, um, they're not us, baby. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> they are also pushing back against the man, the robots, because mm-hmm. the, one of the whole thing is like they don't want studios writing scripts with AI. <laughs> Because you know all the chat GPT and all that stuff, like robots are getting to the point where they can write movie scripts and everything. Bruce Willis sold his rights to AI. And TV scripts. Yeah, Bruce Willis is now a robot. Pretty much. Oh he got God. plugged into the Borg. Like, remember the Borg from that Star Trek movie? The Borg! Yeah, Bruce Willis is plugged in. <laughs> he's part of a, he's part of a hive mind right now of actors. But here's, here's the thing. Uh, as much as I do respect writers and stuff for what they're doing if a robot can do your job better than you a a robot should do your job that's kind of how i feel about it i i always had the joke where i was like people are always talking about robots taking their jobs and i was always like not my job a robot's never going to take my job and then i went to las vegas and i saw a vending machine selling weed and i was like "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh if a robot could do your job a robot should do your job but then the companies that make that money off of the robot should have to pay an automation tax, and then that money goes towards giving people universal basic income. Yeah. So that if you get put out of a job by a robot, congratulations, you get to sit home and collect a paycheck. That's how it should work. Not a robot took your job, so now your kids are starving. So the, the Weinsteins get more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A robot took your job, so now but, the billionaire who owns the robots is now making even more money. It's just a consolidation of wealth. Mm-hmm. No, it should be you pay an automation tax, and then that goes to support people who have been put out of a job by robots. And there's a lot of conservatives that are like, no, that's never going to happen. It's not It's not practical. You know, We're never going to get to that point where universal basic income is going to be a thing. But it's like, well, think about it. There's only going to be... In the future, robots are going to continue to take people's jobs, right? And right now we're feeling the squeeze a little bit. But what about in the future when 90% of people don't have a job? What do you think? People are just going to collectively... How are they spend any money if they don't have any money? You think people are just going to collectively starve to death and be quiet about it? 
like there's who was the guy that said like all of mankind is only like four meals away from a revolution like once you once the once everybody is hungry and starving that's when the guillotines come out mm-hmm. so oh, man tread carefully you know what the robots can't automate guillotines what? <laughs> We're going to be operating those by hand. Uh, that's what it's going to be, man. Trust me. That's I'm, what 90% of the jobs are going to be. I'm the guillotine operator. <laughs> operator. Uh, I, you know, get get good at it. Yeah, get good. Let's practice. Let's go and to Hollywood. You know what? And like, we got some execs. They're not executives. And we don't Hollywood want those. Are not. We don't people. want those mass-produced guillotines. I want like an artisanal guillotine mm-hmm. that's like that's handcrafted. Right. I want by a blacksmith in Vermont. Yeah, yeah. I. How about this? Like, think think about this, Chuck. Would like think about? There's a joke in Thirty Rock. Liz Lemon is looking at uh, a poster for like Transformers Four, which was a joke back then. But I think there actually is a Transformers Four. That's the one where they go back in time, either now or in the in, in the, the works or whatever. <laughs> Wait, is, uh, Transformers King Kong Four movie? is it takes place sixty seven million years ago. Are you joking? I'm or not is joking. It, okay. Yeah. So how are you? How do you know all the Transformer movies? I mean, I know so, enough. How about do you know the plots of the Transformer movies? I know enough about the culture. <laughs> okay. So she's looking at a poster for like Transformers Four. Down at the bottom, it says "written by nobody." <laughs> she's like, "written by nobody." <laughs> and think about it. That film writes itself. Exactly. Would the movie Transformers Four have been any different if it was written by a robot? No. Now look, if you look at something like season two of the Bear. Did you finish watching season two no. of the Bear? Have you started? I started season two. Yeah, you started season two, but you're savoring yep. it. You haven't finished it yet. Yep, I'm like right. really making a meal out of it. Season two of the Bear uh, won 13 Emmy nominations. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm just gonna put that out there right now. Maddie Matheson, by the way, totally stole my identity. I really I'm very mad. The guy from Dope Sick is also in one of the episodes. Did you see that episode yet? I don't think. So. Did you see the episode where Richie goes to work at the really high end restaurant? No, it's an it's an amazing episode, and it's like you know I really like the bear. I'm I happen to be in the food service industry, but I don't just like the bear because I work in the food service industry. Yes, it's an yes. amazing television show, it's so good. And se- the fact that season two garnered thirteen Emmy nominations just goes to back that up. Season but like, one, a robot can't write that. No, all right. If you watch, if you watch the bear. I know for a fact that a robot could not have written that show. A robot could write Big Bang Theory. A robot could write Big Bang Theory. A ro- it's possible that a robot did write Big Bang Theory. Look at David Lynch. A robot could write a David Lynch movie. I was <laughs> I was watching this movie. <laughs> Are, do you disagree with me? I don't. David Lynch is terrible. I was watching this movie, this 90s movie called Wild at Heart, and it's like um, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern and they're they're like lovers and her mom doesn't want her hanging out with him so she hires a hitman to like chase them down and along the way they run into like these like crazy cast of characters Willem Dafoe is in it first of all it won a palm door somehow this movie is absolute garbage and I was watching it and I'm like this movie is terrible and I hate I hate David Lynch yeah I've never seen a David Lynch movie like I feel like David Lynch is one of those directors good David Lynch makes movies where they're like weird and artsy but people only pretend to like them because they don't want to seem like they don't get it they want to seem like, oh yeah, of course. I love David Lynch. I appreciate. I mean, Eraserhead. I appreciate sucks. high art, but it's it. <laughs> Eraserhead absolutely sucks. Blue Velvet, uh, Mulholland Yo, Drive. These is movies with Blue what, Velvet. Tony, dude? what are you gonna defend David Lynch? You gotta def- Tony. Get in here. Get in here. Grab a mic. It's on. I, I, Grab it. I, I, 
Enjoy Eraserhead. All right. Well, I I think AI wrote the definitely wrote the scene where they're having dinner together. <laughs> I feel like what I feel like I, I think secretly David Lynch has been using AI to write his movie script since the 90s. Now he's starting to sweat because he's realizing that robots are going to be his competition. Mm. Robots are going to be winning Palm Doors, but not Emmys. Have you seen Mulholland Drive? Of course I've seen Mulholland Drive. It's terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. I like it for a different reason than I like nudity. it because there's nudity in it, mm-hmm. and you get to see sexy boobies and stuff like that, and mm. like that, there's a, le- a very graphic lesbian scene in that movie, if I remember correctly, not that right? graphic. It's okay. <laughs> it's not that graphic, okay? It's not that graphic. It's not Showgirls, so. Um Yeah, well, <laughs> Showgirls also, also I mean, it's graphic AI. for the 90s. When did Mulholland Drive come out? Like 2001, something like that? No, 90, was like 90, I think it was 90s. Mid-90s? I think it was 99, Late 90s, yeah. I think it was late 90s. What? It's with the car accident scene of the detective and, like... No, it's it's supposed to be like avant garde, and then people don't want to say that they don't like it because then they're gonna appear to be like buffoonish and and like it, they're gonna uh, they're gonna come off as not buffoonish. They're gonna come off as not appreciating high art when really it's just garbage. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make a, a David Lynch movie, Lost Highway. That's another road trip movie, right? Yeah, it is. What's and the one where the guy rides the the riding mower across the country? Does that David That's Lynch? Lawnmower Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, don't uh, I didn't I didn't get in. Uh, you know what? I didn't no, start the this one where he rode the lawnmower across that was heartwarming. Okay. That's a heartwarming tale. All right, so there's He lost his driver's license, so he rode his lawnmower across the country. All right. So like I don't want to malign David Lynch's entire career. Oh, I just geez. wanted to make a point. Scanners was good. I just want to make a point that, you know, there's there's movies out there that have had critical acclaim that could have been written by robots. Mm. But not the bear. There's a lot of TV. I'm saying there's a lot of good TV shows and movies out there that have a lot of heart and they could not have written, been written by robots. But if a robot can write Transformers 4, let it. I'm not com- no wise going to complain about that. Mm, yeah. Why? Why force? Uh, why force somebody to waste their time? Somebody that's talented. Why force them to waste their time writing another Transformers movie or writing the Willy Wonka prequel, which is a real thing? Did you see the trailer for that? No. Horrible. But if if that's not getting Americans up in pitchforks, what is? Like, so what are we doing? There's a trailer that just came out with Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet playing. It's a prequel. It's a Wonka movie prequel where he plays. They tells the story of the how Willy Wonka came to be. And I can get like if you. It looks like the movie has been mathematically designed and like calculated so that no one will go see it. If you watch the trailer (laughs) for this movie, no one. I'm calling it right now. This movie is going to be a huge disaster. It's going to flop, and nobody's going to go see it. Just like the Indiana Jones movie. I haven't even seen um, Bones and All yet, so... Oh, yeah? That's a Chalamet movie, right? Um, All I know is that uh, the new Dune movie's coming out, so uh, that's going to be Timothy Chalamet's moneymaker. I didn't even see the first one. I feel like he's doing Wonka because they let him do Dune or something like that. (laughs) We're we're already halfway through the show. That's how directors work, though. It's like they gotta, gotta take one for the team, you know? Yeah, well, a lot of movie stars are like, okay, we'll let you make this, like, project movie, like, this pet project movie, but you also have to, like, make, you also have to be an Aquaman. 
if yeah. you want to do what was the name of the Vincent Chase movie that he wanted to do? He wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> the Medellin movie. Yeah, and they're like, we'll let you do, do Medellin, but you have to do Aquaman. He had the other one where he was a firefighter that was going to be like a stormtrooper, like a para in it. And then they kept teasing. They kept saying Edward Norton was going to be in it, but Edward Norton was never in that season of Entourage. Fahrenheit, <laughs> I, what? Fahrenheit I, 451. Fahrenheit 451, which they did make a real movie. It's actually a decent movie. I liked it. Uh, yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah. And I like Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. I call Michael A. Jordan. He's better than B to me. Yeah, he he'll always be Michael A. Plus Jordan. He's <laughs> he is the Michael Jordan All to right, me. Now that Tony's gone, Eraserhead sucks. He's okay? the Michael B. Jordan of acting. That movie is like <laughs> your worst Talking Head songs for an hour and a half. Just <laughs> like you know, you want to like the other one because there's like ten minutes of the scanners. It's rad. Okay, now if you want to get in the hot takes, all right. I recently listened to that Joy Division album. <laughs> the one that everyone wears the shirts for? Yeah, the one that everybody yeah. has the shirts for and everybody reps, and it's like the lines with the swirly lines okay. on it. Right? 80% of that album, unlistenable. So, okay. So, first of all, Trish, if you're out there listening. Sorry. Please, Joy Division sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they got like three jammers, and the rest of that song is like so depressing. I should be on Suicide Watch. The album sucks, dude. Joy Unno- Division? Unknown Pleasures, 1979. Yeah, Unknown Pleasures. You know why? That because, album because gives me there, my pleasures are no, unknown. Yeah, there's you, no pleasure from that album. You listen to the album, you're like, where's the pleasure from listening to the album? Where's it's the unknown. divide? Who's getting joy from it? I'm not getting joy from it. There's no joy. Division. <laughs> you're dividing, that album is all misery. You're dividing me from my joy when I listen to this album. Right, so, <laughs> wow, we're so catty today. Dude, yeah. Like, this joy, is, joy Division sucks. Joy Division and Eraser Ed. <laughs> We're really going to alienate a lot of people right now. But you know what? Like, I always. <laughs> Aliens rocks. I, I really wanted to like that album because there's so many, like, hip people that wear that Joy Division shirt. People like Jay Coughlin probably wear that shirt. Like, this. <laughs> and they have three different colors of it. <laughs> and I really wanted to like that album. And then I listened to it. I, listen, I remember listening to it a long time ago and being like, I don't. I don't want to tell anybody this, but I don't like this album. Mm-hmm. It's like Black Flag. Like, you don't want to admit that you don't like Black Flag. I like Anti-Flag better. Well, the thing about Black Flag is, like, it was more about you being there at the time. Like, when I see kids today, like, my age and younger, that are, like, wearing black... First of all, I just... I didn't mean to refer to myself as a kid, because I'm, like, 38, so I'm not a kid. <sighs> but when I see people that are, like, younger than me wearing Black Flag shirts, it's like, Black Flag was a big part of, like, the hardcore scene and everything. But it's like, their music's, it was more like their music's not good. It was more about what they represented at the time. Uh, and if you were... Anti-Republican. If you went to go see Black Flag in the day when they were still playing and everything, that was an amazing thing. But like just buying a black flag shirt off of Amazon or whatever, that's there's nothing less punk rock than buying any band shirt capitalism. from Amazon. Yeah, there's nothing more there's nothing uh less punk You're rock like, than capitalism. I know capitalism. you didn't want to drive all the way to hot topic, but yeah. to get it from Amazon, come on. Also, like I mean, I grew up with all my friends who were in the punk rock and everything, and mm-hmm. you know, I uh, Real I, like Green I, Day I or Blink One Eighty Two or uh, <laughs> 
just get. I I never had really good experience with cops growing up, and then like I see people who are like where like they have that blue flag Ugh. like sticker on their Yuck. truck and everything, and people who are like Blue Lives Matter and support the police and everything. It's it's like that is the least punk rock thing I've ever heard. Like how could you could you be any more of a bootlicker fascist a like human who support the police? Who, I don't even like the band the police. <laughs> let alone sting. let alone the actual police. Yeah. The police? <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation where people are like, the cops are coming? Yay! No, it's like, the cops are coming. We got to get out of here. Boo! Boo. <laughs> the cops, I've never had a good experience with a cop in my entire life. Hmm. And I've had multiple family members who were cops. <laughs> <laughs> Did they make you not call them uncle? <laughs> no. <laughs> also, my my uh, my uncle Frankie Usually was. Cops make you say my uncle. uncle Frankie was an a, a Italian Philadelphia cop. Wow. Who didn't believe in COVID and so was died he of COVID. A guinea. He was. <laughs> he he was he was a good guy. He told Sorry. me he told me to uh, marry my current wife. Oh. He's like you gotta. He's like you gotta nail that down. I was like you know what you got a point. Yeah, cousin Frank. He actually meant nail down, though. He's yeah. like, get out the nails. <laughs> you have to crucify the, yeah. your girlfriend. Crucify her, crucify her. Why do they make everyone watch the Velvet movie when you're watching film theory classes? What's a fat? I did watch. I did have to watch Blue Velvet in a film theory yeah. class. Yeah, and they're like, that? what David Lynch is trying to say is that there's like a divide between the classes, and that even though things look like they're 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 bright and sunny and cheerful on the outside, there's actually a lot of stuff going on on the inside, and it it, it just shows that the divide between what, how we present ourselves and what's going. It's like, no, this movie, Plus. it's just dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. You know what? I put I put that movie on. At least if I watch Fast and the Furious, I get to see explosions. Yeah, I get to see cars go fast and go vroom vroom. I, and yeah, exactly. Like at least give me something. I get to be entertained. I put that movie on when people are at my house and they're too drunk and it's two in the morning and I want everyone to go to sleep. That's what I put on. I put on Blue Velvet. <laughs> Blue Velvet is like the Benadryl Nyquil for sleepovers. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Well, that's why it has to have a sex scene in it because then. Then people will actually watch it, and it gets people talking about it. That's what, that movie Wild at Heart ha- also had like a lot of graphic depictions of sex, and it actually got like an X rating, and then it won a Palm Door, and then they had to be like, "Well, you know what? If it, if the movie won a Palm Door, then that means that it must be important art. So maybe we should give it an R rating." And then I think it got I, it ended up getting an R rating instead of an X rating when it came to America. Hmm. But that's just goes to show how prudish Americans are. Lame. Speaking of prudish Americans, the Puritans. I tins. They had religious freedom. They didn't have freedom to make other people a bunch of like sticklers. So they went to the Netherlands. The Netherlands were too quote colorful for them. <laughs> so then they're like, yes, oh, if the, if we the can't Netherlands have, are we too can't colorful, have our, our kids rage in society that goes Dutch on dates. Let's get out of here. It's it was it was literally too colorful for literally, them. Literally, literally, yeah. <laughs> They're like, look at all these flowers. It's exciting the mind. Yeah, I can't just have like that. just they like graham. Remember carrots and roses. Do you remember when wh- why graham crackers were invented? Because they were too. <laughs> no, I tell they, me why they got. This is true. The guy who invented graham crackers, he believed that um, 
eating exciting foods led to like sex. led to sex and masturbation. That's the same thing with cornflakes. Cornflakes so, were invented for the same reason. And so the guy who made graham crackers, he <laughs> made graham crackers because they were supposed to be bland and unexciting. Nailed it. And then yeah. what do we do? We put <laughs> ebony and ivory in it, man. The Netherlands. What was that movie with Keanu Reeves where they out where they banned art? Do you remember that movie? It was from like 2000. No, it was with uh, Christian Bale. Yeah, it was Christian Bale. Equilibrium. Yeah. That was that, a good movie. That movie came out. Like, that was like right, Fahrenheit 451. Right the Matrix. So uh, it got overshadowed by The Matrix. Right. And you know what? It's actually a that really good fantastic. movie, Christian Bale. And it's like everything's like black and white. And, he and has to they, take drugs to actually see stuff in color. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's how the Puritans felt when they went to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. They're like, colors? No. That book is like if The Giver and Fahrenheit 451 or whatever and The Matrix had a baby. Fahrenheit 9-11. I keep calling Fahrenheit 451 Fahrenheit 9-11 because of the Michael Moore movie. Mm, also, <laughs> as much as I like movies that completely spell out how dumb, dumb Republicans are, that movie took a lot of leniency with what they showed. Well, that's the thing that with... That's... Michael Moore should be Michael Less. Like, so... <laughs> that could have been a 45-minute documentary. Like, as much as I like Michael Moore... You can make your point without exaggerating anything. Yeah, but then he has to beyond exaggerate it, yeah. and that ends up taking it back. Right, and it's like if you if you exaggerate or fudge a fact at all, then the crit- then your critics are going to latch onto that. Whereas the best thing that you could do when making a documentary, uh, especially one that's going to be controversial and make a point against you know a certain ideology. The best thing you could possibly do is make sure that everything is exactly correct and mm-hmm. nothing is being exaggerated because that's only going to give your critics something to point out and say. The problem with oh, uh, well, HBO documentaries. Yeah. HBO documentaries. There's a one on methane, and then they, they nailed it. They nailed that fracking was bad. Did but you watch then the documentary? They put, like, too much stuff in there. Did you watch the documentary about Keith Ranieri? No. That was the guy. Remember the Nexium guy? Yeah, we've yeah, talked yeah. about it a lot on the show. Uh-huh. Um, he's they're like, oh, look what he all he, look how he bamboozled these women, and they, he ended up getting sent to jail. And like the big thing that he did was that he like branded women. He branded those. Code. He's <laughs> he branded those women, and then it turned. He branded them with like a design on there, and then it turned out that secretly it had his initials in it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Those women volunteered to be branded. He, like, kind of, like, misled them, but in reality, that dude didn't really do anything that was illegal or against the law. The only reason that he got sent to jail was because some of his victims happened to be very rich. Oh, and in America, no. And in America, rich people... Have it, rights. Ha, rich people have rights. Yeah. If you don't have I money... Forget about that. If you don't have money or power, you don't have any rights. No, you don't. But if you are rich in America, you can use the legal system to pretty much do whatever you want. That's what it's there for. Yeah. So you can, like, whether it be slap suits, which is when you just decide that you can randomly sue somebody that you don't like, and then they have to spend... If they don't have any money, then they go bankrupt trying to defend themselves from your frivolous lawsuits. Or... If somebody has wronged you somehow, then you can use your money and power and influence to make sure that that person uh, comes to some sort of justice. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what happened to Keith Ranieri, which I'm surprised <laughs> he also he also had a lot of money. So I was surprised that he was brought to justice. There was a magazine that like ruined the life of Hulk Hogan. I think they released a Hulk Hogan sex tape. And Hulk Hogan actually sued them and won. Yeah, but Hulk Hogan didn't have the money to sue them. So there was a guy who was like a part owner in a tech company. I think it was like AOL. This is how old the story is. But the same company that released Hulk Hogan's sex tape also released an article outing a guy from like a big tech company, right? Right. So that guy had been like years waiting to get back at TMZ or whatever it was. And then when Hulk Hogan had a problem and ended up being broke, he swooped in with his money and like sued the crap out of the tabloid and ran out of business. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's nice. For, I wish though, for, that like rich people did that for like what's it called? Um, oh yeah, minorities. That would be great <laughs> if they could. Or the disenfranchised in yeah. America, which is like ninety percent of Americans. Yeah, like I want a rich person to get pulled over by a cop and like mistreated, and then for them to realize that cops do that all the time. I would love to see a rich white person get like beat up by a cop. <laughs> Don't we all? That's a David Lynch <laughs> movie I'd watch. <laughs> Do you think AI could write an episode of Biscuits and Gravy? I think that that's our worst nightmare and our, our best option at this point. Well, I mean, <laughs> nothing would change for you. You show up and the show's written. <laughs> I'm the improv, baby. Come on. Oh, you can't invent this. We're having a good time. All right. We did a lot of hot takes, so maybe we should... We're running out of time. Can we talk... Can we do a quick conspiracy roundup? Do you have conspiracies to talk about? I do. All right. Well, first of all, we should mention that we're going to be off the air next week. Yeah. Um, And maybe the next week. uh, But I actually have an idea for something planned that I've been wanting to do for a while. So we we might do a Drunker in the Bunker episode next week. So stay tuned for that. We will have content coming up. There will be blood. Um, But why don't you do a quick little conspiracy roundup? Okay. Quick, quick, quick. Um, both a Hillary Clinton private chef and a Joe Biden private chef have drowned recently. What? Yeah. And both were good swimmers and both drowned on vacation, like stand up paddle boarding. Well, first of all, there's your first problem. Never go stand up paddle boarding on vacation. (laughs) So the conspiracists are like, this guy drowned, but also... It was like at night. Real surfers hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a surfer just killed them. <laughs> <laughs> they both drowned? Yeah. These are separate incidents. Separate and incidents. And you know, the, the chefs have the most information because they know all the preparations mm-hmm. for how to cook human veal, mm-hmm. shall we say, as a euphemism, mm-hmm. as we know that Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton are both eating babies. Well, actually, not only do they eat babies, but here's the problem, is that and the, that's chefs a, are just dehydrating big bugs for them to eat. Oh, and that's that's a very precious resource. Mm-hmm. Not, not babies, but the chefs that know how to prepare babies. Mm-hmm. And have the the moral ambiguity to, lost art. to do so. I know it is a lost art. I, I'm sure there's some can do there's it. some recipes in the Bible. <laughs> that's something that's something that Christians don't talk a lot about is all the human sacrifices of children in the Bible. <laughs> that's why the Bible used to only be in Latin. So they didn't want people to actually because, know what was Yeah, going they on. didn't want people to know what the Bible actually said. That's why for like thousands of years the Bible was only in Latin, so only the priest would be able to tell you 
what was in the Bible. In fact, once and the then printing when press came yeah, around, yeah, when Gutenberg yeah. invented the printing press, people are like, "What? They're like, is wait, going on, they're dude? Like, hold they're up. like, oh no, the secret's you, out. You got to read this." And that's when everyone the printing press was the printing press was like WikiLeaks for the Bible. <laughs> all of a sudden, Gutenberg. every all of a sudden, everybody knew what was going on in the Bible, uh-huh. and they're like. And all the the priests and everything were like, "Uh oh, gigs up." <laughs> yeah, the, the gig is up, and and now that we have the ability to read the Bible, people just don't read it. Yeah, if you're religious out there, first of all, you probably have not made it this far into the show. What happens but is if you read the Bible, read the you Bible. become an atheist. There's no way you could actually read the Bible, yeah. and still believe in it. <laughs> like there's no way, duder. There's it, no way. It's bizarre. Also, you think a David Lynch movie is bad and doesn't make any sense? Wait uh, until you read the Bible. My brother-in-law moved to Miami to send his daughter to a Catholic school, and it's like, if, I don't. If you, you want your daughter to become confused. an atheist, send her to an all-girl Catholic school. Yeah. Because everybody that goes to Catholic school realizes that Catholicism is nonsense and then stops being Catholic. Sarah Silverman has a really great joke about Catholic school uniforms on her recent stand-up. <laughs> By the way, um, I know it's what you're pretty, talking it's about. It's good. It's Dude, great. stand-up's great. She's like, I saw a girl wearing a Catholic school uniform and I was like, are you kidding? Don't do that. Like, they're like, She's wearing the like the the uniform from, from porn. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Sarah Silverman's newest stand up, I think it's on Netflix. Yep, start she, strong, finish no, strong, oh, whole things. Wait, or is it on HBO? Mm, she still got it. Mm, I don't know. It. I can't remember. I think it might be on HBO. But Sarah Silverman has always been one of my favorite female comics, and I would put her up there in the list of when I was when I was younger. She was one of my favorite comics, and she still got it. Mm-hmm. She's got a lot of great material, and uh, she has the joke about um, there's a sign that says "Don't get in the pool if you've had diarrhea in the last ten days," <laughs> and she's like, "Why don't they just say no Jews?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, have you ever gone ten days without having diarrhea? I mean, I don't, and I'm not even the chosen ones. <laughs> All right, we gotta do, we gotta do the end of the show. It's already there. Oh no! We got like a minute left. We got a minute left. Um. Wait, did you do your conspiracy theory? I did. It was the chef's drowning. That was it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, all right, so next week, I got a lot of good like gluttony club stuff to talk about. We went to Lima last week, mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It was incredible. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Also, um, for spoiler alert, you should watch on Netflix, The Deepest Breath is a documentary about people who do free diving. Mm. I saw Oppenheimer, which is really good. New episode of Futurama is on Hulu. What We Do in the Shadows Season 5 is on Hulu. The Venture Brothers movie I watched, which is amazing. Wonka movie looks terrible black mirror season six bear season two got 13 emmys and i watched the tetris movie on apple oh yeah plus it's phenomenal is it it's, russian, and it's all russian based on intrigue it's all based on a true story about gaining the rights to tetris and publishing it in uh for nintendo all right so we'll we'll talk about oh, all that and dead. more on our next on drunker in the bunker i guess dead. when we do that it's next week i have all the heartburn today but as for now it's time to do chuck stuff the knowledge buffalo chuck stuff the knowledge buffalo is when chuck tries to prove that he's the smartest buffalo in the room today's show is brought to us by jude law's colostomy bags the law is on your side here yes. you want to you want to read we, we went almost the whole show Read just that one. making fun of a great... Today's show is underwritten apart by Macaulay Culkin's Caulk Guns. No one handles caulk like Macaulay Culkin. Don't remodel your home alone. I want to apologize to Joy Division fans. I felt like we came down pretty hard on Joy Division, but I will not apologize to David Lynch. Yeah. You're not good. 
Although he did have a great scanners, cameo. Scanners, dude. It's like, you scanners? Know, scanners? Scanners? Was that David Lynch? Yeah, scanners is a great movie. Yeah, that's David Lynch. All right. Blake in Detroit, Michigan sent this on in. He wants to know, who sang the song I Left My Heart in San Francisco? Uh, Tony Bennett? That is Tony Bennett, correct. For uh, extra credit, how old? Tony Bennett just passed away. 92. Ooh, 96. Oh, really? Good for him. Yeah, g- exactly. Good for him. Wow. He has a cameo in like the last season of 30 Rock also. Wow. Uh, Keith in San Diego, California wants to know, what Disney movie features the protagonist eating a poisoned apple? Who eats the poisoned apple? Snow White? Snow White is correct. Okay. All it's right. Sleeping Beauty pricks her finger on a spinning wheel. Ah, okay. And that's how she goes to sleep. But Snow White also goes into a... Wow, I've never realized that. There's a, lo- there's a lot of themes about like women being unconscious in Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> and then like... Hold on. We can talk about David Lynch all we want. If and, we talk about this on the radio, we're never getting back. And Sleeping Beauty, then it's like they're... She's unconscious, and then the prince comes and makes out with her? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's first aid 101. You got to make sure the scene's clear, and then you've got to fly. You got to make sure that she can breathe. Okay. He had one of those like little plastic mouth condoms that you put on people when you do CPR on Clearly. them. Yes. All right. Our third question is always a sports question, because as you know, sports is Chuck's Achilles hoof. Wow, Lordy. Janet and YA, who sent this one in. But you know what? This is... Sports adjacent, so you may be able to get this based on trivia alone. Boston's hockey team. Do you know what Boston's hockey team is called? The Rangers? No. Oh, that's right. one of New York's many hockey teams. Boston's hockey team is called the Bruins. Oh, of course. Okay. Here's the here's the question. Oh. What is a Bruin? Trouble Bruin. <laughs> Trouble's a Bruin. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> All right, that means you got three out of three, and that also means I'm the smartest buffalo alive. Troubles are brewing, and that also means that that's the end of our show. But not the end of biscuits and gravy. Check us out 24 hours a day at biscuitwards.com, baby. Um, and also. We we love you guys. We love you. And Even if you thanks for listening to, listen to us. Joy Division and if David you Lynch. if you enjoyed our show and you're a fan of the podcast, tell a friend about us because word of mouth is the best way to get the the word out there. And if your friend is a David Lynch fan or a Joy Division fan, we're sorry. Tell them to not start with this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and from me to you. Oh. <laughs> 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 <laughs>